Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 232. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by a member of the amazing Blueprint Live Online course. If you haven't checked out the Blueprint Live Online course, go do so today over at blueprintmcat.com. Today, we're continuing our breakdown of Blueprint MCAT Full Length 1. We are in the Psych Soch section, Passage 4. Let's go ahead and jump in and continue our breakdown right now. Dorothy, welcome to the MCAT Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. Another awesome Blueprint MCAT Live Online instructor here to share your wisdom with with everyone (laughs) listening. What is, in your mind, the biggest mistake that students make when it comes to taking the MCAT? Good question. I think a lot of students come in thinking that they have to learn all the content. They have to know every single little detail. And in order to succeed on the MCAT, that's kind of what has to happen. I actually think that there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of strategy, critical thinking, all of those things that really go into the MCAT. And you can actually do really well, even if you, you know, there's a few loose ends here and there with content. And I think that's something that I try to tell my students all the time, it helps lower the stress levels a little bit, but also just looking at the patterns and strategy that, that you can actually actually spot within the MCAT, I think it's pretty cool to see how far you can get, um, even with broad concepts under your belt. Yeah, we, we say a lot here on this podcast, the MCAT is a mile wide and an inch deep, and students yep. think it's a mile wide and a mile deep, and it seems like they waste so much of their time studying and studying and studying and going into all of the nuances of every formula and every intricate detail of amino acids. And it's just like, go take practice tests and learn how the MCAT works. Yeah. What, when do you think is enough for content prep? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think I usually tell my students to kind of think about the bigger picture thing. So for example, the MCAT requires us to know all of our amino acids, all of the side chains, their properties as well. And the reason that we care about that is because we're wanting to learn about protein function and behavior, really trying to understand why proteins act the way they do, why side chains will interact with each other in certain ways. And so in order to understand that overall picture of protein function and behavior, we have to understand side chains and whether they're basic or charged or neutral or nonpolar, things like that. And so if the little granular detail helps inform the bigger picture, then it's worth knowing. And so I always tell my students to think about the bigger picture first, think about what you need to understand that and 
um, focus on the detail that gets you there. Mm. As a student is going through this studying, maybe they're they're out there self prepping. How do they know what details are important and what details aren't? I think that's the biggest problem <laughs> is is you have all of these textbooks, right? And Kaplan and Princeton Review and and Blueprint and and Berkeley and Exam Crackers. There's just sets and sets and sets of books out there with multiple multiple books in each set. Like, at what point do you go? okay, I know enough versus I need to continue digging? Yeah, I think that is the tough question. I think it always cracks me up when students get kind of go into rabbit holes on certain <laughs> really particular niche topics. And I'm like, oh gosh, I have to look up the answer to tell you. Um, just because it's just not that testable. And so I honestly think, as you mentioned, it really comes through doing practice problems, doing full lengths, really understanding how MCAT will actually take those concepts and um, essentially transplant them into a test-like format. And so it kind of comes with the territory of doing practice, understanding how those concepts can be tested. And um, again, the mile wide inch deep thing, it usually isn't quite as in detail yeah. as you might think. Yeah. yeah. That that seems to be um, the the biggest struggle for students is, mm. is knowing when they have enough content and then yeah. hearing horror stories and going, but but <laughs> but my friend just took the MCAT and they said they were tested on content that they had no idea was going to be on the MCAT. Like, how do you avoid that? Yeah, I think there's always going to be a few curveballs. Um, I remember I self-studied psych social for my MCAT and there were some terms that I didn't get to um, and that showed up on my MCAT. Things that I didn't really see in my textbook or maybe I just completely missed it. Mm -hmm. But even then, I could actually can narrow down the answers and eliminate based on what I did know. And so um, there are ways to circumnavigate around not knowing a particular piece of content. And again, that just goes back to strategy, looking for patterns and wrong answers in the MCAT, and just kind of being familiar with the way that the MCAT is formatted, what kinds of things they like to test you on, what the ways in which they ask questions, and also the trap answer types that they set out for you as well. Yeah. And just to clarify for everyone listening and watching, the way that the textbooks are set up, so Blueprint MCAT's textbooks mm -hmm. for the MCAT, they go directly to the source. The AAMC publishes a document that says, this is all of the information that you're going to need to know for the MCAT. And then Blueprint goes and says, okay, we're going to create a textbooks a textbook based on this outline that you have laid out for us, double AMC. And so theoretically, there shouldn't be any questions outside of what's in the textbooks. Now, do you remember it? Did you get to it all? That's a completely different story, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah. And, and one of the benefits, I, I think what you just mentioned uh, with translating that content, what you study, whether in your courses or in the individual uh, MCAT uh, prep books and translating that to the MCAT, that's potentially one of the benefits of the live online course is mm -hmm. what you're doing in those live sessions isn't just more content review. It's how does this apply to the MCAT? What is this going to look like as a question, right? Is, is that a, yeah. a, a benefit of those live classes? Absolutely. So our live online courses are structured so that students will have content modules to watch and they'll have book things to read during the week. So they get that content review in during the week, kind of outside of class. And when they come to class, we're prepared to talk about those concepts, kind of testing them, you looking at passages, looking at sample questions, kind of looking at strategy and how we can use that content knowledge then 
to answer questions correctly. And so it's very practice oriented, which I think is the most important aspect of being able to increase your score is understanding how that content can actually be tested um, in a format that you might see on test day. Yeah. When, when you were studying for the MCAT, what do you think led to your biggest success? Yeah. So I was testing in a six week time period. So it was fairly accelerated. Um, I did a lot of self-study because I hadn't taken psych social at all, but beyond that, it was mostly just practice. I did practice sets every single day. And, um, through that, I actually learned a lot of my content as well. So I kind of did an accelerated version of the course um, modules and books and can reading through topics that I knew that I wasn't as comfortable with and then directly went into practice. And I think practice helped me realize, oh, I'm not so good at fluids. I need to spend more time on that. I'm not so good at optics, similar thing. And so I really can not vouch enough for practice. I think that was really where my score went up because I was actually seeing where my weaknesses were based on um, what my score would look like on test day. Yeah. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen time and time again, talking to instructors like yourself and talking to students is doing the practice and then mm-hmm. immediately jumping to another practice test because the the ego says, ooh, if I get through 10 practice <laughs> tests in a week, then I'll be ready for the MCAT. When in mm-hmm. reality, it's the review of the test and reviewing the content that you struggled with where the biggest gains are made, right? A similar Mm -hmm. analogy would be in weightlifting, right? You go and you lift a lot of weights. You're You're not making yourself stronger lifting your weights you're making yourself stronger in the rest and recovery, letting your muscles go, okay, that was, that was tough. Let me rebuild stronger for next time. Right. It's very similar with, with the review for the MCAT. So in your mind, what is the perfect full length review look like? Yeah. So I kind of had heard um, from my friends who had gone through before that review is really important. So for me, and I would highly recommend this to any student, and I do actually recommend it to my current students, is to take two days after your full length to actually go and review. And two days is a lot. It's um, especially if you're studying in a more accelerated time frame, it's harder to be able to fit in two separate days for review. But I would split it up chem, phys, and cars on the first day. I really wanted to get to cars on the first day after my full length because that's when cars was the freshest. doesn't require any content knowledge outside of um, the passages that you're reading. And so it's important to be able to remember your thought process while you were taking the exam. And so kind of reviewing shortly after taking your full length, spending at least a day minimally to go over it, look through the questions and really understand, even for the questions you got right, why did I get that answer right? Was my reasoning correct? Um, Could I have looked at other wrong answer patterns and recognize those as well? And so going through every question, regardless of whether you got them right or wrong, and really trying to analyze the critical thinking there, as well as kind of the little content details that you might have missed as well. I'm going to suggest just just random thought that popped into my head. I'm going to suggest to the, the Blueprint MCAT team, a feature for their full length simulation platform is it records your voice while you're going through a full length. So you can talk Uh, out loud 
And then as you're reviewing the test, you can go back and listen to what you were thinking and see if that, <laughs> that thought process was right. I, I think that's that's a valuable thing because when you go back and review, you're like, well, I don't remember what I was thinking because sure. there are lots yeah. of questions and that was a while ago. <laughs> um, so that, That'd, that'd be, be an interesting, interesting feature. Yeah. I'd, hopefully it wouldn't stick and people won't be mumbling during the test <laughs> on the test day itself, but I think it's really valuable. Um, I would take little notes like passage eight was hard or timing felt really bad or something like that, like just shorthand notes after each section. But being able to do real time thoughts would be pretty helpful as well. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be interesting. If, if you're listening <laughs> to this or watching this, let me let me know if that's a, a valuable uh, <laughs> a valuable add on. I think I think would be interesting. So review, I, I think spot on, right? I, I've, I've mm-hmm. talked a lot about and, and talked to other instructors, two days, double, double the amount of time it takes you to take the test. That's what it should be um, to review the test. Now, unfortunately, a test these days is a full day. Back, back <laughs> in the day, pre-2015, uh, a full day would have been double the time. And, and that's just not possible now with, with mm-hmm. a seven and a half hour long test. But <laughs> two days and, and people are yeah. like, but but I need to, I need more questions. That's how I'm going to learn. I'm like, no, like review, yeah. review, review. When, when students review, most of the time, they're going to look at all of the answers they got wrong. Talk about the benefit yeah. of looking at the ones they got right as well. Yeah. So sometimes you have lucky guesses. Sometimes you will choose an answer, not really knowing if it's the correct answer. And if you don't look at that and if you don't review that afterwards, you won't really understand if that was the correct reasoning. Maybe you'll have a similar question in the future and maybe not be so lucky. And so being able to really look at that, examine, did I reason through this correctly? If not, what could I have done differently? What could I have thought about differently in order to get to that right answer? I think it's equally as valuable as looking at a question you got wrong. Yeah. And and not just looking at the right answer and the explanation, but looking at all of the wrong answers mm-hmm. and and figuring out why those are wrong. Because a lot of times the same strategies that the test writers will utilize to make wrong answers wrong, you can then yep. implement for future questions. Be like, oh no, I remember that they make this wrong because X, Y, or Z. Yeah. I mean there it MCAT is to a to a point, kind of predictable, right? That wrong answer patterns are it's too broad, it's too extreme, it's too narrow, it's twisting passage information and giving you a little small incorrect detail, or it's just irrelevant. And those are kind of the, at least I think are kind of the five most common types of wrong answers. And so being able to spot them, even for questions you got right, can make it easier when you have similar questions down the road and you're not quite as confident. Awesome. I like mm-hmm. that. Five five common reasons for the answer to be wrong. <laughs> I, I like that. I don't think we've covered that before, but that's a strong one. So too wide, too narrow, um, irrelevant, too extreme. Too extreme. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then what's what's the fifth one? Uh, incorrect small detail. So oh, they'll okay. say something that's not correct. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anything else that students should be prepared for when it comes to taking the MCAT? Yeah, I think just more broadly, and I don't want to sound too cliche here, but studying for the MCAT is a grind. It takes effort. It's mentally exhausting and draining. And so I think um, while you should be, of course, cognizant that it is really difficult and you should be prepared to put in some work, I think also take time to not let yourself get burnt out because it is a marathon. It is a long-term commitment to studying for something and practicing for something. And so be aware of your mental health. Be aware of the things that you need to do for yourself in order to not burn out and not 
um, feel extremely demotivated all the time. And so, yeah, I think just just broadly self-care during this time. Um, be prepared to, to, of course, put in the work because it's not it's not just an easy walk in the woods, but I think it is something that is it's long term. So you might as well, you know, take yeah. care of yourself. You, you mentioned <laughs> you had a six week schedule. Was that six weeks mm-hmm. basically full time? More or less. I was actually taking a few classes. It was my senior year, but pretty easy classes relatively. And then I was working one or two shifts at the ER um, per week. But other than that, it was pretty much full time. And I pretty much put everything else on the back burner during that time. So yeah, yeah. got it. Got to sacrifice and delay gratification as we like to talk about. <laughs> um, so yeah. Dorothy, what is your favorite subject to teach when it comes to the live online um, class mm-hmm. with Blueprint MCAT? Yeah. So interestingly enough, cars wasn't my strongest section on the actual exam. And I didn't really, yeah. So on my actual MCAT, it was, I think my lowest sub score, but I actually really love teaching cars now. I think looking on the other side, I'm understanding a lot more of the critical thinking skills and the logic that comes into critical reading in the car section. And I think being able to share that with students is really fun. I also think that a lot of the lessons that we go over in cars can actually translate directly into the science sections as well. So I think it's a very valuable way to spend class time, even if it doesn't require content knowledge, because you can analyze the logic and critical thinking and wrong answer patterns during cars as well. Cars is probably the scariest subsection for most students. Mm -hmm. What is your number one tip for someone that they can utilize today, they can do today to start improving their car score? I think efficient highlighting goes a long way. Um, I think it's really easy to get lost in the density of these cars passages. Sometimes they're not, they're not really designed to be the most interesting (laughs) reads. And so if you can kind of take questions and ask yourself questions as you're reading, trying to figure out the author's main idea, trying to figure out the author's overall vibe, their opinion on the topic being discussed, that will go a long way in helping you stay engaged, helping you essentially give you a task as you read so that you know that you have to answer that question. It helps you stay engaged in the sense that you have a task to do. You are going to look for the key takeaways in each paragraph because every paragraph in cars does bring in an important new element. So kind of extracting that out, being able to look for author opinions and ideas as well. Um, I'm a huge advocate for task-oriented reading. I think it really helps um, stay f- helps us stay focused and motivated and engaged. So that's probably the number one tip in terms of things you can apply right away, regardless of whether it's cars or in the science sections as well. Awesome. I love it. Thanks, Dorothy, for your wisdom with the MCATs. And everyone can find you and all the other amazing Blueprint MCAT instructors over at BlueprintMCAT.com. And you're going to be with us uh, for the next several weeks on here on the <laughs> MCAT podcast, breaking, continuing to break down Blueprint MCAT full length one. We are doing Psych Soch, which there were some, some topics that came up that you weren't prepared for. Hopefully you're prepared for them now. <laughs> Yep, I definitely took some time to self-study psych soch. Um, it's kind of a you know a race to the finish with the six-week time period, but um, it actually ended up being one of my higher subscores. So hopefully, I'll have those definitions still down for today. But I'm excited to get into it. I think psych soch is really fun and interesting to think about. All right, so there you have it again. Blueprint MCAT full-length one psych soch passage four. 
with, again, another amazing live online instructor from Blueprint MCAT. If you have not signed up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com, what are you waiting for? I said it's free, F-R-E-E, free, blueprintmcat.com. You get access to the half-length diagnostic, full-length one, which we've been covering here on the podcast, as well as their study planner tool and much more. Again, go check it out at blueprintmcat.com. This is MedEd Media.